Welcome to the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast, where I share stories of the babies I've treated, tips for professionals and parents, and demystify this amazing healing modality. I'm Megan Beams, your baby bodywork mentor. I'm obsessed with all things babies, birth, healing, and plain old being a human. Join me while I sink deep into craniosacral therapy. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast. I am your host, Megan Beams, and I have been a registered massage therapist here in Ontario, Canada since 2015. And I'm also a craniosacral therapist, and that was since 2018. And since then, I've worked with babies to help them with troubles like feeding, sleeping, digestion, crying, and so much more. (laughs) But the one thing I want to talk about today are Audi belly buttons. And just as a heads up, I am going to be getting a bit anatomy nerdish on you today, because this is the stuff that just lights me up. I love anatomy, but also there is a disclaimer for today to say that what I share in this episode should not be taken as medical advice. And if you are concerned about your own baby's belly button, it's best to consult your primary healthcare provider. The information I share is purely educational. Okay, so belly buttons, innies and outies. And I see all kinds of different belly buttons. But again, today we're talking about Audis. And I also want to mention that not all Audis are created equal. The ones that I'm speaking of specifically today are the ones that are seen usually in the very young newborn stage between the ages of, you know, let's say one week and five months. These babies, they can have more of a balloon effect of that belly button. So it's really popping out and really very obvious that when they are straining to poop or pass gas, that belly button shoots out. It really, really sticks out. Now, I'm not sure that all of these are actually herniated. I'm not, I don't have laser vision, so I can't be like, oh yeah, I can see through the skin and see that it's herniated, but it will have that uh, appearance or look of a herniation. My niece was the first baby I'd ever seen who had one. And this was a few years back before I was a craniosacral therapist. But honestly, now that I've been in this work, I can look back on my niece's belly button, (laughs) her experience with an Audi belly button, and see that she had all of those symptoms that I see today in the babies with an Audi belly button. And the one thing that she didn't have, though, was the cord around her neck at birth. Now, you're probably wondering why this is important, right? You know, cord around the neck and Audi belly buttons. Well, don't worry about it. I will get to that a little later on. So some of the symptoms that are commonly present with an outie belly button are straining to poop, grunting a lot in their sleep. So babies who are just always grunting or, you know, they get laid down on their backs and they just start grunting, trouble burping or not burping at all, trying to bring themselves into a seated position. You know, the babies who are doing crunches, like little baby sit-ups, even though they're only, you know, a couple of months old reflux symptoms, so spitting up frequently, sometimes with a burp, but also sometimes an hour later after a feed and it's curdled. Uh, They might have a side preference, trouble latching, especially on one side. Generally, they'd be fussy without anything helping them to feel better. And there might be a few more, but I can't remember them all (laughs) at the moment. These are just the most common ones that I see. 
So when a parent comes to my office with their baby, I will do my general assessment. And if I notice that the baby has an Audi, I will ask them if their baby had their cord around their neck or around their body when they were born. And you're asking why. I'm sure of it. (laughs) This is because the umbilical cord was once part of the belly button. In anatomical terms, the belly button is called the umbilicus. So the belly button is what remains of the umbilical cord after it has dried up and fallen off. And what I've noticed in my practice is that a baby whose cord was either wrapped around them or short often have an outie. This is where I'm going to get a bit into my anatomy nerd here, okay? So you can write it down or you can just hang on for the ride. (laughs) I love anatomy. (laughs) So the umbilical cord is where the vein and the arteries that originate from the placenta pass through this cord, through the belly button, and it goes into the body and it brings and returns blood for the baby. So the arteries and vein travel through that hole of the umbilicus, and once inside the abdomen, it travels along the falciform ligament. Okay, so that's a ligament that is in the body, travels from the belly button up to the right upper quadrant, and that's where the liver lies. So there, the vein empties oxygen-rich blood to the inferior vena cava. So that inferior vena cava is part of that circulatory system. So that blood will then go straight to the heart. And then after birth, these arteries and the veins close up and they no longer provide oxygen to the baby since the lungs have taken over that job. So my theory is this. It hasn't been proven, so don't take my word for it, but here it is. Also, someone else out there might have the same theory, so I'm sorry if this has been said before, but I haven't heard anyone else mention this before. Now that you know a bit of the anatomy, I'm going to describe what I think is happening for this baby. The tension and the recurrent pulling that would happen on this tightened tissue, right? This ligament that is attached to that cord that is wrapped around someone's, you know, neck. It could be up to five times or wrapped around their body. And it's keeping the baby's rectus abdominis muscles separated at the point of entry, right at where that belly button is, right? Because it is open at that area. It has to be to allow the veins, the vein and arteries to pass through. And so it's actually being kept open further or being pulled or tugged to a point where these rectus abdominal muscles are separated, just like rectus diastasis. And that falciform ligament is being stretched and pulled to the right of the abdomen. So with this rectus diastasis, the result can be an umbilical hernia. And that, after birth, is what an Audi belly button looks like. So this baby is grunting, straining to poop, essentially doing baby sit-ups. And if there's one thing most of us know when you have a diastasis recti, uh, don't do sit-ups. Babies should not be doing sit-ups if they have a hernia because it'll just make it worse. The baby will be straining and pushing. And the part of the intestines that is just on the other side of that belly button, it will actually squeeze through that opening. And because those abdominal muscles are so tight from all of that straining, right? They're essentially flexing their muscles. There's not enough room inside their abdominal cavity for their intestines to live. And so they they have to come out. It's almost to relieve pressure on the inside. And then if that happens, well, then a piece of the intestines will be on the outside of the body. In that little loop of intestine, it could get a bubble, a gas bubble stuck inside. They can't push the poop or the bubbles past that outie. And the problem doesn't really resolve itself. It just persists. 
So what I hear from parents is that they've brought up with their doctor, their concern, and the common response they get is that, oh, don't worry about it. It it usually corrects itself by the time a baby is 12 months. Yeah, sure. Okay. But is there anything we can do in the meantime? Why, yes, there is definitely something we can do in the meantime. Craniosacral has ways of feeling where that tension is along that falciform ligament. It could be anywhere. And then we can actually release the tension. We can unwind the fascia around that belly button, the fascia, the the deep front line, or release all the way up along that ligament where it attaches to the liver. That's the ligament that causes the liver to have two separate lobes. And once that tight ligament is loosened, the strain it puts on the pyloric valve, which is right beside it, it's lessened, and the milk can pass more easily to the intestines, and the spit-up will subside. And so if there was tension along that falciform ligament up to the right upper quadrant, and that would bring that baby into a position of comfort, they will be looking for that position of comfort where they're almost rotating themselves and bringing themselves to their preferred side. And once that tension is released along that line, the preferred side will lessen. They'll be way more likely to be able to rotate their head and their body in more directions. And they will likely feel more comfortable when trying to latch on to feed. They'll cry less because the gas and the bolus within the intestines will just pass easier. It won't be getting stuck in that little loop of intestine that's on the outside. And they'll be in less pain. We as practitioners can give the parent techniques that will loosen up their tight abdomen and it'll free up some space for their intestines to live. One parent of a baby I treated, they even used medical tape to bring that belly button together. They would push the intestines back into the baby's belly. I know it sounds a little strange. And then they would pull the abdomen together and tape side to side, closing up that belly button for them so that if that baby did do any crunches, there was less pressure on the rectus abdominal muscles. And what I found was that after a couple weeks of treatment, the hernia became much smaller and the belly button actually started to close up. And I think this baby was only about five weeks old. She did notice that the skin kind of became a little bit uh, sensitive after you know using it every day. And so she chose to use it intermittently. But again, if you are concerned about your own baby's belly button, always talk to your doctor about using medical tape should you to- choose to do so, because your baby might have some sensitivities around different adhesives that would be on tape. So there we have it, the difference between an innie and an Audi and whether it makes any difference at all. And the answer is yes, it makes a huge difference. There is always something we can do. Let's not play the wait it out game. Let's not play the let's just wait and see and and hope that it gets better. Let's see what we can do. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode for today. I did. Anytime I get to talk about anatomical anything, I'm just a real push my glasses up my nose nerd about it. All right. I hope you have a wonderful day. See you next time. Hey, before you go, my Craniosacral Foundation's virtual only course is open for enrollment. That's right. You can learn craniosacral from your very own home. Whether you're a health professional working in the perinatal world, a manual therapist looking to expand your current practice to include craniosacral, or helping babies and families is your passion, there's something in this course for you. You can significantly change the lives of the people in your community. And when you register, you'll have immediate access to the course materials so you can get learning right away with three three-hour live virtual classes 
classes to help guide you through the curriculum and an online community of fellow classmates and alumni, this program is here to support you every step of the way. Registration closes soon, so follow the link in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you in class.